This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alhamdulillah, Khaliqi Wujudi Minal Adam, Wajail Nuri Minal Dulam, Wamukhriji Sabri Minal Alam, Famulki Taubati Alan Nadam, Fanashkuruhu Alan Masaibi Kama Nashkuruhu Alan Niam. ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم للشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم العجم الحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وآتذ القربى حقه والمسكين وابن السبيل ولا تبذر تبذيرا إن المبذرين كانوا إخوان الشياطين وكان الشيطان لربه كفورا وإما تعرضن عنهم ابتغاء رحمة من ربك ترجوها فقل لهم قولا ميسورا ولا تجعل يدك مغلولة إلى عنقك ولا تبسطها كل البسط فتقعد ملوما محسورا إن ربك يبسط الرزق لمن يشاء ويقدر إنه كان بعباده خبيرا بصيرا رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر أمين يا رب العالمين In today's khutbah inshallah I hope to remind myself and all of you of some lessons from Ayahs number 26 all the way to 30 of Surah Al-Isra. This is again Surah number 17. And we're continuing a list of commandments, fundamental commandments that Allah has given that essentially summarize all of the law of Allah. Like this is one of those places that I keep mentioning that are a seed. And all of the commandments of Allah are kind of the rest of the tree that grows out of it. So when you think of those fundamentals, then what you what you understand is they're not just a commandment. They, the, each of these commandments give us a kind of mindset. So it's not just a rule that you do this or you don't do this, but that following that rule gives you a way of thinking and gives you a, a, not just that particular incident, but it gives you a set of principles that apply to other situations too. Right? So they're, in that sense, they're so fundamental. Like for example, Allah says, You've heard this a million times. All over the Qur'an, Allah says, establish the prayer and give charity, right? So he, th- those two keep repeating themselves. Though there are so many other commandments, aren't there? There's lots of other rules, but he keeps referring to those two multiple times, in a sense because those two represent a summary of all of Allah's law. In what, in what way? When you pray, you are doing what is owed to Allah. 
your, your fundamental relationship with Allah is set right, is made right by way of what? The prayer. And your fundamental relationship with people is that your, everything you have in your life isn't just for you. You have to give to people too. You have to give them also. And that's part of actually helping yourself. When, you, when you're doing good for someone else by way of zakat, you're actually not just doing good for them, you're cleansing yourself, which is why it's called the purification, zakat. It's the cleansing for yourself. So there's doing right by Allah and doing right by people. Now all the other rules, there's lots of other things we do to do right by Allah. And there's lots of other things we do to do right by people and ourselves. All of them are captured inside those two. All of them are, are fundamentally included. Now, the other, for example, interesting thing about zakat, even though we're not talking about zakat today, just as a side note, when, you, when, you, when Allah commands us to give zakat, you can't give zakat on haram money. You can't, give, you can't make haram money and then give zakat, give charity. Right? So when He commands you to give zakat and commands me to give zakat, then the way we make money has to be halal anyway. So it, it's already inclusive of the proper ways of earning an income. And you can't give zakat on money that's been made by way of riba or by way of you know, any sort of haram businesses or consumption. You can't do any of that. And then what you give can't be haram either. What you give has to be good and pure. Now what you earn is good and pure. What you give is good and pure. So it starts covering an umbrella of laws just because you're observing zakat. So zakat becomes the seed and everything else that stems from it becomes a way of life. The same way prayer is a seed and everything that emanates from the prayer is a way of life. And that's kind of what I'm saying about these commandments. Each one of them is like a seed, but they are connected to so many things in our lives that if you pay attention, it really starts shaping the way we live our lives. So you don't have to know a million rules or a thousand rules or a hundred rules. First start focusing on the fundamental rules and you'll see everything else will start falling into place. Right? So it's, it's almost like saying, you don't have to know every leaf on the tree, just understand the bark. Understand the, the, the thick branches and how, how tall the tree is, just the fundamentals, and then the, the leaves will take care of themselves. They'll fall into place. So now, with that said, we come to the next commandment, and I, and I left it off last time. We were talking about spending on family and the, giving them their right. And the one who can't help themselves and they're in a helpless situation. And the one in the middle of travel. And where I left off was. And don't be excessive and reckless in the way that you spend. Badr in Arabic is to take a bunch of seeds and throw them on the ground. And when you do that, seeds go in every direction, yes? Like they just disperse. And that's Allah giving us the image of how some people, when they have money, what they do with money. Like they don't care about where it's going. They just kind of just throw it in every direction. Don't become reckless like that. Just because Allah has given you some, and for some people, even if you're not wealthy, if you just got, you know, some people live check to check, right? But the problem becomes, you feel like you're a millionaire on Friday when you get your paycheck, right? And you just kind of blow all that cash, run out of it, and then on Sunday you're borrowing money from a friend, right? By, by Sunday it's all gone. I used to work in a, in a store when I was in high school. I used to work in a shoe store. In, in Junction Boulevard in Queens. It was like a predominantly Puerto Rican, Dominican neighborhood. I used to sell shoes there and I used to speak really good Spanish at the time. And it was minimum wage. Back then, minimum wage was $4.25 an hour. Right? And you, you work 10, 12 hours a day, racking shoes, taking care of customers, getting yelled at in Spanish. That's why you had to learn Spanish. So you did do all that stuff and then you finally get paid on Friday, right? And when you get paid on Friday, a lot, basically everybody else that worked there were non-Muslims. Right? And 
some, some of my friends that work there, man, I'm a, I can't wait to get paid. And then they get paid. And then Saturday, we're back at work. Bro, can I borrow 20? I'm like, what happened? We just got paid yesterday. <laughs> Why? Because went partying, went, went out to eat, overate. Man, I got this, I got this. Because you're like on top of the world as soon as money came in your hand. So the problem becomes, people don't think, sometimes individuals don't think about the future. Some, the moment they have money in hand, they, they kind of just go throw it in any direction. Or, also, it's, some scholars compared it with Israf. And there's lots of discussion about that, but I'll limit it to just the, some basics. And it, so there's two kinds of overspending that Qur'an talks about. There's overspending on your needs. So that sounds odd, but let me explain. Overspending on your needs. And then there's spending on non-needs. Overspending on non-needs. Now the thing is, for example, food is a need, obviously. But if you're going to get in the habit of going to a restaurant that's, you know, a hundred bucks just to sit on the chair, and they expect at least a $50 tip or whatever else, and, you know, they, 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 the, you know the fries there cost, you know, $75, the french fries cost 75 but you like going there because it's like a prestigious thing, and, you know, so you're spending on a need, but you're going way over what you need to be spending. Everybody needs shoes, but you don't need to pick, buy shoes that cost more than a car, Right? A, a, a female might need a purse, but a purse shouldn't be the same as, you know, mortgaging a house. <laughs> Those are needs, but you can go way overboard on a need, right? You can go way overboard on the, you know, and it's not just, I'm not just picking on women. You could, it could be rims on a car. It could be like, you know, spoilers and things like that. It could be things that maybe you need it. Maybe there is a purpose for it. When you're going a little crazy overboard with what you need. Right? And it can, it, this can happen inside home decor, it can inside, happen with food, it can happen with furniture, it can happen with electronics, you know, it, it can happen with any one of those things. And you just become obsessed with more and more and more. That's Israf. Okay? That's Israf. And that's talked about in the Quran. But this ayah is not about Israf. This, not, this is not overspending on your needs. That's a separate subject. But even a worse habit than overspending on your needs is frivolously throwing money into things and blowing cash on things that you don't even need. Like they weren't even a need to begin with, right? They just became a need for you because you need to, you know, you, they, 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 nowadays they have upsells in video games, for example, right? So you can buy the video game for 20 and then if you want to get the upgrade pack, it's $79.99 or whatever else. And you're like, I need to get the upgrade. I need to purchase the upgrade. And you just kind of, you didn't need the game. And on top of that, you don't need all this other stuff, you know, to conquer the, the, the virtual world that you're, you're conquering, sitting on the couch, accomplishing nothing else in your life. <laughs> but you feel like a conqueror, right? So, and you're spending on that and you're blowing money on that. You know, a lot of times parents have really serious conversations with their kids because they give them mobile devices and they mobile devices have app stores and then the parents get a $500 bill like what happened here because they're oh no I had to it was a it was a, it was a upgrade or I had to get the full version or I get to this or that and there's money being blown on things that you had absolutely no need for you know and so the Quran is it's interesting placement he says give everybody their financial rights take care of people that you should be taking care of while at the same time, don't just blow money on things that have no purpose. And frivolously. Why? As if to say, that money could have been used 
if you knew somebody in your family that had a need, and they had a right over that money, it wasn't yours technically, it's Allah's, and He's telling you they have a right over it. Right? So He's putting our financial freedom in check. We have this idea that we can spend on whatever we want. You know, we can be as impulsive as we want. But he's putting a, che- a you know, check-in on that. You know, the, what happens sometimes is, you know, when, when we go from, uh, you know, early adulthood, teenage years, that you finally get your first job, and you start making your own paycheck, and now you're paying your own rent, and you feel like, I can spend on whatever I want. You can't tell me what to do. Right? I can get whatever car I want. I can, get, I can move to whatever neighborhood I want. I can buy whatever, you know, if I can afford it, I'll, I'll get it. So it becomes, in, in a culture like that, in a consumer culture like that, it's really empowering to be able to make money, or to have money, and to be able to spend it wherever you feel like it. Right? And a person feels like this is one of their, one of their values, is that they have financial ability to be able to spend. I can buy whatever I want. I can eat whatever I want. And Allah Azza wa Jalla is reminding us that that mindset is actually very powerful and dangerous. Because that idea, I can get whatever I want, I can buy whatever I want, underneath it, that's, that's what you're saying or you're thinking, but underneath it there's another thought process. And the thought process is that Allah the provider has no say in what I spend, and how I spend, and who I spend on, and what I spend on. He has no say in it because I made my money by myself. And it also underscores the idea that somehow we've forgotten that the one that gave us the job, that gave us the ability to do the job, the one who gave us that income, and then the one who gave us the ability to even go to the grocery store and buy the food, not to mention the one who gave us the ability to take that bit of food and put it in our mouth and allow our throats to gulp it down and for it to be digested and processed, none of that happened on, uh, on our watch. We didn't do that, he did that. But we forget and we feel like we're empowered now. We're the empowered consumer. We're the all-powerful consumer. And much of the world, especially here in the United States, we are a consumer society. So you know how they say the customer is number one? Right? So we're always in this like Fir'aun position where we get to dictate and pass judgment on what we're going to buy and not buy and how we're, we're, you know, we're just this entitlement culture of the consumer, the entitlement of the consumer. You know, it's gone, it's gone far beyond the rights of the consumer. The point of that is that the consumer shouldn't be swindled. But it's gone way past that point. Now we're at a point where the consumer is a kind of a god. And they've declared themselves a kind of a god. You know? And so this is what's being undercut by this teaching. And what does Allah say? No doubt about it, those who become, make this into a lifestyle. Mubadhirin, the ism fa'il being used, suggesting those who keep on spending like that frivolously, not caring about where the money's going and throwing money out without any, just recklessly, with no sense of responsibility, those people are in fact brothers of the devil. Brothers of the devils, ikhwana shayateen. They're brothers of shayateen. And that, it's, it's a little more than the devil whispers to you. This language is pretty powerful. It's not used anywhere else in the Quran. The ikhwana shayateen. You know, de- brothers of shayateen. What does that mean? You know, the, the, the word brothers is used in different senses. Close friends is like a brother to me. Right? When t- two friends are so alike that their thinking is the same. Their habits are the same. They're always seen together. They're always doing everything together. Man, you guys are like what? Brothers. You guys are brothers. And it's also when people are in the military, then they are brothers in arms. 
right? So when you are on the same cause, you have the same way of thinking, you have the same way of living, everything you do is the same, then you become what? Brothers. So the idea of calling us with this behavior, brothers of the devils, is really scary because it's telling us that this kind of mindset is exactly what the shayateen have because they have no consciousness of Allah, they have no sense of restrictions on them. And it, it may be that we're observing restrictions in other things, but it's when it comes to ownership and entitlement that can build because of financial recklessness, that mindset, that brings us very close to the shayateen. And so Allah says, وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِرَبِّهِ كَفُورًا And the devil has always been, Satan has always been extremely ungrateful to his master. Now Allah, it's, he was talking about us, now he starts talking about shaitan. And he didn't just talk about shaitan, he talked about a very particular quality of shaitan, that he is, has always been extremely ungrateful. And so he's teaching us that this you know, financial irresponsibility, Allah considers that extremely ungrateful. And speaking of ungrateful, the devil is extremely ungrateful. So he's, maybe we didn't see that behavior as an act of ingratitude. Maybe we just thought of, saw that as an act of freedom. We, maybe we just saw it as you know, the all-powerful consumer. But Allah is telling us, actually, I see that as you not recognizing who your provider is. As you not recognizing who has authority over you. And so he says, in, So that's one extreme, now we're scared of it. Well, when you hear this ayah, you're like, okay, well... Next time, you know, your, 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 your kids are in the, you're in the grocery store with your kids or whatever, and they're like, hey, can I have a lollipop? No, no, that's... No, you can't. Can I have a little 99 cent? No! You, become, you might go the other extreme, right? That your wife puts like a gallon of milk in the, in the shopping cart. You need, you're going to drink all that milk? Get a half gallon. No, get a, they have a quarter gallon? Ask them if you can give a discount. He cut the bottle open, pour out half, and we'll pay half for it. You know? And people can become on the other extreme. I mean, I've seen some crazy things in my life. As a, as a, I was in a country where, I was at a restaurant, and there's another family from a country that shall not be named. They're in the restaurant, they finish their food, the guy brings the bill, and he's literally arguing, hey, but I didn't drink the whole, he had a can of Sprite. He goes, I didn't drink the whole can. I'm going to pay you for half. <laughs> right? That's, if people can go in that extreme, they can go, because I don't want to overspend on anything, you know. And so what happens, Allah says, Allah says on the other side, you know, two more things before this khutbah is done. He says, Beautiful ayah. Man, what a beautiful ayah. Allah is talking about, you are usually in a position to give. Let's just say that you are usually the one that people turn to, your family, others, they know you have a good job, they know you have a house, they know you have some matters taken care of, you graduated from college, whatever. But you're, or you're running the successful business. So they see you as the one that has the money in the family, right? So usually if they have a need, they come to you. Or fam, friends, when they think they have a need, they turn to you, they send you a little text message or something. You're the go-to person. Not that you're a bank or you're, you're, you're a cash register for them, but they know that if there is ever a need, then maybe because you've helped in the past and you're kind of, you know, and you've gone out of your way to do that, uh, that you've become sort of the go-to, right? And if, even if they don't have a need, somebody else came to them and said, hey, we have a need, I know someone I can talk to, let me see if they can help. And you're the person they call. Maybe that's, that's what you've become. But it could be 
that and now they're coming to you asking for help. That's the scenario, right? And Allah has already told you, you're not becoming like the devil, so you're not throwing your money around. So you're responsible with your finances. And now people that need help are coming to you. But the problem is, currently you're not in a good economic situation. Currently, you are overdue on your taxes. Or currently, there's some business failure that happened and you have to take a lot of losses. Currently, you don't have any what's called disposable income. You don't have any extra. You, you've got a, you're barely surviving yourself. Right? So on the outside, it looks like you're doing great. Somebody can say, well, you still have a car. You still have a house. You could, but that doesn't, the outside doesn't mean you're doing financially well. Those things may be in place, but you may have financial troubles that are not as visible as someone who doesn't have another meal to eat, you understand? So it can be that way. Now you are in, not in a position to give, and people keep coming, and you are feeling awkward that you keep having to say no. Right? You just, you're kind of avoiding that situation. So Allah says, وَإِمَّا تُعْرِضَنَّ عَنْهُمْ And if you are going out of your way to avoid them, if it ever happens that you're trying to avoid them, but you, you could avoid for two reasons. One, man, I don't want to give them anything. So annoying. Or you want to avoid them because usually you would love to give them, but right now you're in a bad place yourself. And you know, as embarrassing as, as it is for them to come and ask you, because it's pretty embarrassing to have to ask somebody. It's also embarrassing to turn them down. That's also an embarrassing thing. And they come to your, you know, your four-bedroom house, ring the bell, park the car in your nice driveway, ring the bell, and then they say, hey, can I borrow a couple of thousand? And sorry, I'm in a difficult situation. And they look at your house and look at the car outside. Yeah, difficult situation, I understand. Right? So it just puts you in a weird spot. So it could be that you're now avoiding them. Because, now this is the beautiful part, if in fact you are going out of your way to avoid them, in your own pursuit of the Allah's doors of love and care opening up for you. Meaning, you're hoping that your financial situation turns around. Imam Alusi says something beautiful about this phrase. He said that it's describing a person who's avoiding those who are asking because they're not able to give them at the moment. But at the same time, they're working hard to turn the situation around, pursuing Allah's rahmah. Meaning, Allah's doors have been a little bit closed. He's pursuing Allah to open those doors again, not just for themselves, but also for them. That, so even when they're thinking about making more money, they're not thinking, man, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this. They're like, I'm, I can't wait for this to open up because I know they need help. Like that's on their mind. It's so beautiful. And when Allah says, you know, if, if that is the scenario, if that's the situation where you are avoiding them because you don't want to hurt their feelings, and you're, while you're avoiding them, you're working hard to make whatever money you can open up Allah's rahmah for yourself because you yourself are in need. They can't see that because they're too, you know, everybody's lost in their own problems, right? So if you tell them I got problems of their own, everybody starts doing a comparison and contrast like, oh really, you think you got problems? Let me tell you about my problems. You know, so everybody feels like their problems are bigger than somebody else's problems. Allah has given all of us different problems, different trials, and it's not a contest. It's not, if somebody tells you they're in difficulty, you don't say, oh yeah? No, that's not difficulty. Let me tell you difficulty. Now that's difficulty. Beat that. Like, it's not a contest. So they, are, they have their own trial. They're trying to make money and they're avoiding you. But 
And tarjuha means you're also hoping, that's the other phrase. So you're in pursuit of the rahmah of your master that you're hoping to op- have open up for you. But you still run into them. Well, let's just say you ran into them. Or let's say you were trying your best to avoid them, but they still kind of, you know, there was, there, there was a happenstance, it just happened to happen that you ran into them, and then they, you know, put an ask. And they, hey, I've been meaning to talk to you. Can I talk to you for a second? And you know, oh no, it's coming. You know? Now there's different ways you can handle that situation. But what does Allah say here beautifully? He says, Then speak to them in a way that is going to be really gentle, easy, soft. Go, go real easy. And is pretty powerful language. As if Allah is saying, calculate your words carefully. Be ve- it's like surgery. Somebody's coming to you in a very vulnerable state. Your words can have a real impact on their, their well-being, their state of mind, what they're going to do after that, their faith. It can have lots of ripple effects. So be extremely careful and give them very gentle words to be able to turn them down. Not say, you know, I have problems myself. Can you just give me a break? Don't do that. Don't do, are you serious right now? Do you not realize everybody's having financial difficulty? I get you have them, I have them too. Don't do that. Don't, none of this stuff. Your facial expressions, the way you look at them, the way you respond, it's almost as if you have to, the, the, the mindset of the believer is if somebody came, us asking, came to us asking for help, then Allah sent them to us. And Allah gave us a, an opportunity to earn His forgiveness. Allah gave us an opportunity to wipe away some of our sins. In al-hasanat yudhibna sayyat. Good deeds, do away with bad ones. And so Allah has sent you a person from the heavens to wipe away your mistakes. That shouldn't be annoying to you. You should actually feel terribly sorry that you're not able to take, care, take this opportunity at this time. And you have to send this heavenly gift, you have to treat this heavenly gift as a heavenly gift and treat it delicately. You have to treat it with caution, you know. And so he says, قُلْ لَهُمْ قَوْلًا مَيْسُورًا Here we learn, it's not just giving that's important. It's the attitude, isn't it? That's what Qur'an is teaching us. It's not just that you give. Because sometimes people give and they give with an attitude. You know, I help you every year. Where does that money even go? Can you show me what you did with the last 2,000 I gave you? You start talking like that, then it's as if you are turning to Allah and saying, I better give you my expense report too, Ya Rabb. Because I expect them to give me their expense reports. <laughs> you know? This is, not the kind, this is not the way we should be thinking at all. And so I, I, before I leave you, just a small note about the next ayah. You know, we, we now become overly cautious about spending and we're looking to help others. But maybe that will make us extreme. Maybe it will make us so extreme, somebody says, no, we have to give sadaqah, we have to give sadaqah. You're not even taking care of your family. You're not even taking care of your kids. You're not even taking care of your wife, your parents, or whoever else. No, because we have to give in charity. You guys have to starve because Allah said, you know, we shouldn't turn anybody down. No, 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 wait. There are rights and responsibilities first. And then when you have what's above that disposable income, that's what's being talked about. And even within disposable income, you can take care of yourself. You can buy yourself a perfume. It's fine. You can get yourself a car. It's okay. You can get yourself decent clothes. That's not, that door is not being closed. How is it not being closed? Don't listen to this. Don't have your hands chained around your neck. 
Literally, Quran says. Don't put your hands chained around your neck. And don't let them, don't leave them free like this either. Don't leave them open like this either. So we've got two images, chained around the neck and completely open, yeah? What does that mean? These are figures of speech in Arabic for when someone is so cheap, imagine someone with their hands chained around their neck, and where's the money? Money's in the pocket. And when they get to the cash register, they have to reach over to the pocket, and the closer they get to the pocket, what happens to their neck? Oh, sorry. They start choking. Right? So what the image is, your hands are so tied that you never spend on anything, and when you try to spend on something, it feels to you like you're killing yourself. You're choking yourself to death. Don't become that cheap and extreme. Don't be like that either. So one extreme was, throw everything out there. The other extreme is, my hands are tied to my neck. And then the thing is, because some people live like this. When you say, don't do this, don't be so extreme. You know what the response is? Oh, you, you, want, me to do, you want me to eat nothing, right? You want me to starve, right? That's what you want? Because that's what you're saying. No, that's not what's being said. Just because one extreme is being forbidden, doesn't mean that Allah is asking you to go to the other extreme. But people, this is a very clever way of people getting away from the commandments of Allah. Because when you say, don't go to this extreme, oh, what, you want me to go to the other extreme? No thanks. I don't want to be extreme. Yeah, you do. You just want to be the opposite extreme. Right? And so what does he say? Don't have your hands out like this when you walk around. Now imagine a person whose hands are tied, no freedom of movement, and the other hand, you know, normally you have your hands down when you walk. But if your hands are out like this and you're walking in a grocery store, right? And you got grocery items on both sides, what's happening? <laughs> Anything that your hands can grab, your, your hands are touching things they shouldn't be touching, right? That's the image? If you're walking down the street like this in, well not anymore in New York, but if you're walking down the street like this, you're going to be touching stuff that you have no business touching. And this is the image of you're meddling in things, you're buying things, you're shopping things that you have. Just keep your hands here, be normal. You don't have to do this, and you don't have to do this. Just be normal. Be in the middle, you know. And so he says, you know, If you do that, don't become like that, because then you'll be sitting there blaming yourself eventually. You'll regret being too cheap, you'll regret being too reckless. And then he says, mahsura, and then you'll be exhausted. You'll end up exhausting yourself, cutting yourself. And could could mean filled with regret, and it can also be exhausted, run out of resources. How can you run out of resources if you're too cheap? You could say, I could run out of resources when my hands are open like this. Because I spent too much, I ran out of resources, I'm exhausted. How can you become exhausted when you're miserly like this? Because when you're miserly like this, you are hurting others around you. What we're learning from this financial passage is that your financial decisions don't just affect you. They affect others around you. And you are destroying other people and your relationships with them because you're not giving them their rights. And then you're going to be filled with regret because of the resentment you created, because of the wrongdoing you created, and maybe because you held your hands so tight and you created such a difficulty, they had to find other means. They had to go do things that they wouldn't want to do normally to just survive. And you opened that door for them, and now you're filled with regret. So, <laughs> I told you, these are, these are regulations that are seeds, but they have ripple effects. 
on your life, on the lives of people around you, on my life and the lives of people around me. And that's why these, these ayat are so fundamental and important. Allah you know, concludes this passage. I know it's a long quote, but إِنَّ رَبَّكَ يَبْسُطُ الرِّزْقَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ your, your master is the one who opens up the doors of rizq for whoever he wants. And he, clo- and he limits rizq for whoever he wants. He expands it for whoever he wants, and he contracts it for whoever. وَيَقْدِرْ And it's interesting, لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ He didn't say, وَيَقْدِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ He said, إِنَّ رَبَّكَ يَبْسُدُ الرِّزْقَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَقْدِرْ So it's as if, Allah, say, he doesn't say he opens risk for some people and closes or contracts risk for some other people. It's almost as if he's saying, Allah can give you good times and Allah can also give you hard times. You, not someone else. It could be for you. So if you're being reckless right now because you think you have money, Allah can close that door real quick. And if you're being miserly right now, and you think people around you will st- stay, Allah can close the door and people can walk away from you real quick. You can break up families real quick. That can happen. Or if you're going through difficulty and you, have, you seem like there's no way out, Allah can open up rizq. Like you couldn't have imagined from before. He's always had complete news. And he's always had full watch of all of his slaves. And he's been, he has complete view of everything that they're up to. May Allah make us responsible when it comes to the gift of rizq that He's given us. And may Allah make us responsible to those around us in a way that is pleasing to Allah and not make us brothers of the devil and not make us forgetful of the gift of rizq that Allah has given to each and every one of us. And may Allah make, bring ease to those whose rizq has been contracted because of the COVID-19 situation or other situations, a health situation, a, a, you know, a, 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 you know the, the economy situation, the industry situation, whatever situation somebody may be, maybe the doors of rizq have closed a little bit. And for those who still have, are, are fortunate enough to still have, may Allah give us the ability you know, to you know, open up our hands for those who need them. And if we're not able to give, to be able to turn down in a way that is pleasing to Allah and is not hurtful to anybody else. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. الحمد لله وكفاء والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على أفضلهم وخاتم النبيين محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله هيا للصلاة هيا للصلاة قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين 
الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين وآت ذا القربى حقه والمسكين وابن السبيل ولا تبذر تبذيرا إن المبذرين كانوا إخوان الشياطين وكان الشيطان لربه كفورا وإما تعرضن عنهم ابتغاء رحمة من ربك ترجوها فقل لهم قولا ميسورا ولا تجعل يدك مغلولة إلى عنقك ولا تبسطها كل البسط فتقعد ملوما محسورا إن ربك يبسط الرزق لمن يشاء ويقدر إنه كان بعباده خبيرا بصيرا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين قل ادعوا الله أو ادعوا الرحمن أيما تدعوا فله الأسماء الحسنى ولا تجهر بصلاتك ولا تخافت بها وابتغ بين ذلك سبيلا وقل الحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا الله أكبر سميع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر 
Esselamu aleyküm ve rahmetullah. Esselamu aleyküm ve rahmetullah. So you can put your turn that off.